the History Channel original podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. History This Week. Actually, history two weeks ago. Because on March 5th, 2022, the Endurance... Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton's long-lost ship was found. There's going to be a special about this discovery tonight on the History Channel, but here at History This Week, we wanted to understand more about this saga, who Shackleton was, why his ship sank, and why this discovery is so important. So we spoke to Brad Borkin, who has written extensively on this story. When we hopped on our Zoom call, I noticed that Brad's profile image was him on the ice in Antarctica. Oh, hey, nice photo there. Very, very yeah, topical that's, that's, for what we're discussing. That's me in Antarctica in November 2019. Well, perfect. That is exactly related to what we are going to discuss today. Brad Borkin, hello. Hi, Sally. Great to be here on your show. Oh, great to have you with us. Um, so you are an expert in the history of Antarctic exploration, and specifically you have looked at these explorers through the lens of decision-making. So the decisions that they're making in these really harsh environments, which, I mean, are often like life-or-death decisions, right? That's right. That's right. I co-authored a book that focused exactly on that, on the life-and-death decisions that the early explorers made and what we can learn from them for modern-day decision-making. Well, we're going to be talking about one of them in particular, Ernest Shackleton. And the reason for that is that his ship, the Endurance, has just recently been recovered by scientists in Antarctica. It had been there for over 100 years. What was your reaction when you heard that news? Well, it was quite stunning, actually, because they had searched for it before in 2019 and were unable to locate it. And... This expedition that they just set upon to, they were running out of time. And at one point, their ship got stuck in the ice. And then they also had a small window of time that they could be searching for it because the seasons are reversed from the northern hemisphere. So winter really starts around March. And they're really running up against a period where they were getting into very icy conditions. Wow. So the recovery was mimicking some of the difficult conditions that Shackleton faced himself. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. It was, it was, uh, One of the remarkable things was the location was four miles from where it originally sank. And so finding it in this this enormous sea is very difficult, 10,000 feet below the surface. And the ship was discovered exactly 100 years to the day that Shackleton was buried in Antarctica on the island of South Georgia. Wow, 100 years to the day. Amazing. Let's. So I want to ask, I mean, the Antarctic is really this frozen wasteland. Why was it that explorers in the early 1900s wanted to go there at all? Well, it has to do with, when you think about the world back then, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, we actually knew more about the moon, the cycles mm-hmm. of the moon, and the distance the moon was from the Earth, and all sorts of different things about the moon, but we knew nothing about Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And the first person to set foot in Antarctica was 1895. 
So you had this situation where, where a lot of the world wasn't discovered yet. No one had been to the North Pole. No one had been to the South Pole. No one had been to the top of Everest. So you had these great geophysical goals or, or achievements. And it was just one of these things that you had a combination of people who were very brave and courageous and wanted to go explore the ends of the earth and began to have the ability to get to these locations. Let's talk about Ernest Shackleton in particular. What had his experience been in the Antarctic before the 1914 expedition? Well, that's a really good question because he was in Antarctica twice before that. He went down with the Discovery Expedition, which was run by Captain Scott. Shackleton was a junior member of that expedition. And that expedition, the goal of that expedition was science, but it was not to get to the South Pole. It was to explore how to actually travel in Antarctica hmm. and at least go south from the coast and get as far south as they could with realizing it was just really more of a, a trial and error of, of how far they could get. And Shackleton desperately wanted to go. And he went on as a junior member of the team and almost died on the way back. They went out about 300 miles or so and came back. But on the way back, Shackleton got scurvy. And he hmm. was so ill, he, he literally almost died on that trip. Wow. And that was the start of his, his Antarctic adventure, which is pretty daunting because he was sent back. He was what we call invalided back. He was sent back on a relief ship back to Britain at that time. And then he came back to Antarctica. Again, he set up his own expedition. What do you make of the fact that Shackleton kept wanting to go to Antarctica, even though he had encountered these near-death experiences? I mean, what does that tell us about him? Well, he was incredibly resilient. And I think the thing that, that certainly I appreciate about it, it's like this wastelander, it's, it's desolate, it's cold. It's also quite spectacular. Hmm. Yes, there are days that the sky is gray and it's a very dull light and it's very cold <laughs> and very flat in places. But there are other areas that are just absolutely spectacular. When the sun's out, when you see icebergs, when you're seeing the coastline, when you're seeing uh, seals and penguins, is really the one of the most spectacular places on Earth. For that reason, I think there's a draw to it. I think there's a draw to seeing there and being there where no one else has been. And also for some people, and I think this may have been the case with Shackleton and many others, that there's an appeal to it as people who seek adventure, but also may not find that adventure in normal society. Hmm. So that is the case for Ernest Shackleton. He seeks this adventure. And when he returns to Antarctica in 1914 with the Endurance, what is the plan? What are they trying to do? Well, what they were seeking to do was so incredibly dangerous when you think about it, you may only find a small percentage of people, even who are incredibly adventurous, would have signed up for an expedition like this. The goal was to walk across the continent of Antarctica. Yeah, why and would anyone want to do that? <laughs> because it's an achievement being someplace no one else has been. This was really setting something that is really about the geophysical world in a planet where these things had never been achieved before. So tell me the story. How do things go wrong for them? It went wrong quite quickly. So Shackleton's team came down to South Georgia, which is an island off Antarctica. And there's a whaler's village there. And the whaler said, this is a bad year for sea ice. But Shackleton had already set out the men, the ship and everything. And they were going to go down to the Weddell Sea. And that was there they would go into the side of Antarctica, which were where the, where the ship would then drop Shackleton and his men off 
to start that trek across Antarctica. The problem began when, obviously, in Antarctica, there's no docks. It's not like you can just pull up to, to land. You've got to get to a place where you can actually pull the boat up reasonably close to the ice and disembark. And almost immediately, within a few days, the ship got stuck in the ice. And once it locked the ship in, they tried every means possible to unlock it, digging and blasting and trying to do things to, to break up the ice, but it, it just wouldn't budge. And the ship got trapped in the ice and then ultimately crushed. Wow. At first, does Jackleton think he might still complete his original mission? Yes. Because the ice is moving, floating on the ocean surface, and the currents are moving northwards into slightly warmer water, the ice can start breaking up. And there was hope, okay, the ship's intact. Hopefully the ice will break up, it will free itself, and then we'll be able to sail it further south and drop the men off, and they can start the journey. So does that work out? No, unfortunately it doesn't. And the ship just gets more and more crushed because what's happening is, it's like if you think of like the ice in your freezer compartment that manufactures its own ice and dumps it into like a bucket, the ice sort of sticks together. Right. And that's what happens with ice flows, pressing upon the wooden ship and trying to crush it and breaking it apart. So the men disembarked from the ship, take all the supplies out and camp out on the ice. No one knew where they were. There's no communication except as far as they could shout. They literally were stranded and they had only the lifeboats left from the ship. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've looked at decision-making in this context, this kind of life-or-death, extremely harsh context. How does Shackleton decide to abandon the original mission and just try and survive? At one point, there's this poignant, because they actually not only had a professional photographer with them, Frank Hurley not just had still cameras, but he had a video camera as well. And there's actually a video that he took showing when the mast actually broke. Wow. And the point at which the mast broke is a silent movie, but you can almost hear yourself gasp, just as the men would have gasped, you know, that once the mast is gone, not only is a mission over, but now we've got a new mission at home alive. How do they do that? Tell me about their journey. What are some of the crazy things that happened to them? The series of events is really quite a remarkable situation. They had the lifeboats. They were living in tents on the ice in, in what was called Ocean Camp. And after a certain period of time, Shackleton decided that they need to do something. And they, what they could do is drag the lifeboats to the edge of the ice flow. These lifeboats, like, 
22 to 23 feet long. They're heavy, difficult objects to move. And they don't get very far before there's a mutiny. Hmm. And some of the men say, not only is this fruitless, it's destroying the boats. The lifeboats won't be serviceable or usable. And Shackleton puts down the rebellion. It's, it's quite a remarkable lesson in leadership. Yeah, how does he do it? The person who started the rebellion was a fellow named McNish. And he was the ship's carpenter. And he was the one who was saying, you know, as a ship's carpenter, I can tell you these lifeboats are getting destroyed and they won't be usable. And basically it's, you know, we're all doomed in a sense. And Shackleton basically threatened to shoot him. But he brought the men together and explained that he's still the captain of the ship, even if there's no ship. He's still the leader of the expedition. Even if there's no expedition, they will all get paid. They will all survive this. So Shackleton puts down this mutiny. He convinces his men to go on. He convinces them that it's always worth going on. What happens from there? How do they get home? Eventually, the ice flow drifts northward, starts breaking up in the warmer water. And again, warmer is not warm like it's relative. Caribbean. It's, it's like... Yeah, very slightly above freezing, but they get into the lifeboats, 28 men into three lifeboats. And at that point, they set sail, rowing and sailing to Elephant Island. Now, Elephant Island is uninhabited. No one has ever set foot on the island before, but it is a destination that's at least solid land. It takes five days and five nights, and they're literally frozen. Some of the men are, are half crazed. They're literally at near death's door. And they arrive at Elephant Island. And it's at that point that Shackleton and five of the men take the largest lifeboat called the James Caird and sail it northwards to South Georgia Island and go back to the Whaler's Village and from this Whaler's Village seek rescue. But just to to put this in perspective, it's it's 800 miles from Elephant Island to South Georgia. It's the greatest small boat journey ever undertaken in the history of the world, really. They land in South Georgia on the wrong side. South Georgia is a mountainous, snowy, cold island, and no one has ever walked across it. And they can't then sail the ship around. Due to the currents and everything, they can't take that small boat and sail it around. They've got to walk, and it takes them 36 hours to walk across South Georgia, something that modern mountain climbers would say you would never attempt without crampons and the right equipment and being well-rested and, you know, it's no tents, no sleeping bag. They basically walked. Wow, which is what they set out to do, but they walk a different place than they expected to. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's a good way to think about it. It's like, but then it's with no map, but they do arrive at this Whaler's Village. But then it's remarkable because once they arrive at the Whaler's Village, it then takes four attempts, four different ships to try to get to Elephant Island to rescue the other 22 men. It took four different attempts to actually get there. And this, this constant perseverance, the constant never giving up. And I was like, okay, we're just going to keep trying and trying and trying and trying to get. And, and all the men lived. Is just the most remarkable story. It's, wow, all of, them, all of them make it back? All of them made it back. They were quite, quite resilient characters. And uh, with that one little exception of the, of the small mutiny. <laughs> just one little mutiny. <laughs> just, but when you consider the conditions... Right, then one little mutiny, actually. It is impressive. Yes, it's it's enormously impressive. Because unlike expeditions to the Arctic and some other Antarctic expeditions, there was no murder, there was no mayhem, there was no sabotage, there was really no accounts of fistfights. I mean, they really had a unity of purpose, uh, of, of 
of achievement. And this is, you know, you're taking 28 men and while they're all white men, they are quite diverse backgrounds, different nationalities. You have people who are, are low ranking people who work in the ship and you've got people who are scientists and you've got medical doctors and you've got a variety of different skill sets. But the ship, the Endurance, is of course abandoned in Antarctica, right where they left it, being crushed by ice. And now it's obviously been found. I mean, like a whole new generation of people are about to learn about this story, be reading articles about it. There's going to be a History Channel special airing about it tonight, about the story of the discovery. So what do you think people will be able to learn from this shipwreck, from finding it? Well, one of the things that's remarkable about this shipwreck is the fact that it is intact that the lower part of the ship, that the actual shape of the ship, the words endurance on the back of the ship is is just remarkable that there's so much that was below the ice that wasn't crushed to smithereens and that it then sank two miles down into the ocean and sat there for 107 years. And it now looks like, it still looks like a ship. It doesn't look like a, just a pile of moors, which I think most of us were expecting that it would be. Yeah, I mean, you've been getting to this all along, but... What do you take from this story, and what do you think people should should take from it? It's a story of perseverance. It's a story of never giving up just because you can't achieve your primary goal. And I think we've all been there through the pandemic. It's like we all had goals going into 2019 and thinking of various things we won't be able to do in 2020, 2021, and so on. And we had to change our goals. Hmm. The vast majority of us had to rethink our lives, rethink how we how we we dealt with things. And just because you change your goals doesn't mean that it's, it's going to be worse. Hmm. In a way, Shackleton's success was, had he just walked across Antarctica, it wouldn't have been as exciting or as revolutionary as this adventure happened. And at every point of this journey, there was a focus was on how do we move forward, not how do we just argue with each other or blame people. It's a remarkable story of resilience and camaraderie and empathy and looking after each other. And I think that that stems down from, from Shackleton. Well, Brad Borkin, thank you so much for telling us this story. Just, just a taste of it. You're welcome. It's, it's just a fabulous story to share with you. Thanks for listening to History This Week. And to learn more about this story, watch Shackleton's Endurance, The Lost Ice Ship Found, tonight, Tuesday, March 22nd at 10, 9 central on the History Channel. If you want to get in touch with our show, please shoot us an email at our email address, historythisweek at history.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 212-351-0410. We are reading and listening, and we would really love to hear from you, so please reach out. Special thanks today to our guest, Brad Borkin, an author and expert on decision-making and Antarctic exploration. This episode was produced by Ben Dickstein and sound designed by Bill Moss. History This Week is also produced by Julie Magruder, Julia Press, and me, Sally Helm. Our associate producer is Emma Fredericks. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.